the restaurants you love, the food you crave, and the people that make it all happen. We tell their stories on the Paper Trails Podcast with Albemarle Paper Supply. What's going on, guys? How are you? I am Nick Calgary, Mitros, host of the Paper Trails Podcast, and we are back, episode 14, season two, uh, and I'm with Kyle at Vaulted Oak Brewing, and so super pumped. This is what area of Charlotte are we at? Uh, so technically Echo Hills, Oakhurst. Okay. Um, kind of just East Charlotte, right? right East Charlotte. And so absolutely phenomenal place. It's my first time here, pulled up, um, fell in love with the building, you know, did a little tour. We just cut a little behind the scenes clip um, of the brewing process right behind us. If you can kind of see in the picture, um, very excited to learn about one of the newest, probably one of the newest breweries Yeah, um, here in Charlotte. They just opened up probably 60, 90 days ago. Um, you know, but a long history of the food industry, the beverage industry, definitely know what they're doing. And if you haven't stopped by uh, their location, uh, definitely do that. And so excited to have Kyle, one of the owners here. And so, um, brother, let's talk about brewing. Let's talk about uh, how did this even come about? Let's, yeah. let's, let's dive into a little bit, maybe your background. How did you, where are you from? You're from this area. Give us, give us uh, some context. Yeah, so I uh, grew up in Winston-Salem, okay. North Carolina. Came down here uh, 2003, go to UNC Charlotte, um, and graduated 2008, yep. just never left. Um, and as a lot of people know, 2008 was probably the worst time to try to graduate and get a job. Both of us graduated the same year, so, <laughs> so both of um, us know that. So yeah, just kind of fell into uh, the restaurant industry uh, in the meantime. Well, I was trying to find a real job yep. and uh, found a place called Lebowski's uh, Neighborhood Grill cool. over on East Boulevard yep. in Dilworth and uh, just loved it and never really left it, you know, until about 11 years later um, until I opened this place up. Nice. Um, so you uh, pause for a second. So you've seen the growth of Charlotte, especially in the food and beverage scene. Um, you know, I mean, it's changed a lot. Yeah. I mean, the last, I mean, I, I know uh, we've serviced Charlotte as far as restaurants, maybe the last six, five or six years. And I know since we've been here, yeah. what are some of the things that, that you've noticed about the city, the food scene? I mean, areas, I mean, <clears throat> South End, yeah. 15, years, 15 years ago, brother, was not South End that it is today no, at all. Not. Even, you know, five years, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, you know, from an industry standpoint, I guess, uh, you know, it, you know, obviously South End and Belaza Midwood have become their own behemoths. Yep. But now starting to see other neighborhoods yep. uh, pop up and kind of create their own identity, um, which is something we're awesome or, or not awesome, but, you know, excited to be a part of with, within in, this kind of community. Area. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, I also think that the level and the quality of every aspect of the food and bev industry has been elevated. Um, I think so, too. And, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just an exciting thing to be a part of overall, yeah. I think. So. And so brewing. Mm -hmm. So you've so brewing. We all know the last decade, maybe. What okay. do you think? What do you think has really popped off? Well, what do you think? Has it been 10, 12 years? Yeah. So I think, you know, probably. What most people know of, yeah, the past 10, 15 years, uh, at least within Charlotte, in the Charlotte area. Yeah. Um, and, you know, nationwide, really, you could really start to see in those early years the shift towards, you know, 
um, you know, distribution, the distribution model into more of a tap room focus, yeah. like neighborhood, you know, a bar almost, yeah. uh, you know, focus and getting more and more hyper local as far as the areas that you're serving. You know what I mean? Um, 10 years ago, you know, we had three or four handful of breweries, you know, everyone in Charlotte would go to those breweries. Yeah. And, and still to this day, people do that because they have rightfully become uh, a destination sure. to go to. And I think it's even more than just people in Charlotte. It's, it's a Southeastern, it's a regional thing. Like if you're stopping in Charlotte, you're probably gonna go to OMB. You're probably gonna go to Triple C, Noda, you know, Birdsong, some of these, some of these, uh, you know, local legends or, you know, the, our forefathers or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Um, but then alongside that, you know, uh, go check out some of these newer breweries sure. like us, um, some of the, some of our other neighbors and stuff like that. So Love it. on what area of Charlotte you're in that day, I guess. So now qu question, you may or may not know the answer to this, but what do you think led to smaller breweries? Is there anything that you think led to like smaller localized I'm just curious. Yeah. Do you know? Do you have any context as far as that's concerned? Why that 10, 12 years ago, 15 years ago really popped off? You know, I because I know I know even in the food industry, mm -hmm. 10, 12 years ago, it's things have gotten more local, farm to table mm -hmm. support. You know what I mean? I don't know if if that. I think those two go hand in hand, for sure. Um, I think that you kind of started to see you know, what other cities um, that definitely got a more head start on the industry and the yeah. scene and the culture. Um, you you kind of saw what they were doing uh, and started to see what those small breweries were doing at that time. Uh -huh. um, and uh, it kind of just obviously kind of rolled into, you know, in, in, into Charlotte. Sure, so sure. I, I think uh, it was a natural progression for sure. Gotcha. So. I was just curious. I didn't know if there was you know, I don't know, like support the small business guy. I don't, I don't know what maybe led to, you know, I was just curious, but, yeah. um, so cool. So have you always thought about starting your own brew? H how did this, you know, obviously yeah. you, 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 we finished college the same year, 08. We started, we both started working, you know, my dad has restaurants. We were doing that whole thing. Um, I stayed in the industry too, you know, I'm just a vendor, yeah. but, um, what was in the, the back of your mind? You always wanted to own a business or you, how, how did, yeah. how did that even, how did it even start? Yeah. I mean, you know, owning a business, uh, always kind of was in the back of my mind. Okay. My dad owned his own business. Okay. So he's you a, saw it. He was a landscape architect and okay. he's, still, he's a, he's a land, practicing landscape architect still to this day owns nice. his own business. He's probably yeah. been in business for himself for gosh, like close to 50 years at this point. Cool. Um, and it's always just been him. So it's definitely a different, you know, uh, business model, model. Yes. but, um, you know, just kind of, I guess I could, you know, attribute that to him as well. But, uh, you know, graduating with a business background, but going into the food and bev industry, you kind of, you still look at things a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, very early on, you know, in, in my food and bev time, I was like, you know, this might be something I could do. Yeah. Um, this might be, you know, it, whether it's a, a bar, a restaurant, um, not at that time was necessarily thinking brewery, but something along those lines was like, I could maybe, you know, uh, do own this. something. Yeah. Um, you know, not really at that time knowing how much, you know, how much involvement there is really into it. But, and there's, uh, 
major involvement in starting yes, a business. Would, uh, yes, any business, <laughs> any business. True, so, true. Um, do you remember? Do you remember what you th- thought about a brewery? Like, do you remember like year or time frame or like what? How was there anything that like triggered like, hey, this sales rep from this other? You know, yeah. I don't know. Like, did anything? Yeah, you know, like you. You know, so at my, in my earlier years of uh, becoming a bar manager at the previous place I used to work at, um, really making those relationships with, uh, you know, the then starting out breweries uh-huh. um, and getting their products on tap and stuff like that, really kind of falling in love with that culture and that scene. Um, and, you know, that kind of culture and scene, I guess you could also say was was limitless because like I was kind of alluding to it in, in different cities around, you know, the country, but also just in North Carolina too. Obviously we have Asheville, great the road, beer yeah. city, USA, you know, multiple years over. Um, I really think that maybe going to Asheville, I, and I can't remember, obviously when you go to Asheville, you don't remember too much, but uh, um, probably going to some of those early breweries in Asheville and like really seeing how much the community, you know, uh, you know, gathers around, you know, certain breweries and stuff yeah. like that. Um, probably just kept reinforcing, you know, the idea of like, I should do this. Yeah. I want to do this. Um, and then, you know, going to the, you know, the ones that open up here, it's like, Oh, well you, you can do that here. You can do that. And it doesn't have to be up in the mountains. It doesn't have to be in, you know, Denver or San Francisco or, you know, certain locations, certain locations, you know, you can do this here. Um, so again, just, Constant, you know, reinforcements and, you know, little touches here and there. Yep. Um, here we are. Love it. So how, <laughs> so give us uh, the, the, the framework, the context, the vision of this one. I know you had yeah. a previous thought, different business plan, <clears throat> all, you know, all together. Yeah. Give us, give us how it all panned out. Cause I mean, the reason I ask Kyle's, there's people right now listening to this that want to start a business. Yeah. They just, they just don't know where to start. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know how your college experience was, but you know, it didn't teach me nothing about starting a business. It you was know. just, you know, <laughs> get good grades, memorize, take a test, get this degree. Mm-hmm. And then this is just a license, uh, a, a, a permit to be able to interview for jobs. Yeah. That's exactly. For me, that's my experience. Yeah. You know, so, and so I, I didn't, there's a lot, there was a big learning curve that I yeah. had to, you know, so, well, how did how did this pan out for you? Yeah, you know, I mean, I thinking back into you know my classes in college, there. I'm pretty sure there was never a class called entrepreneurship. If there was, I, I didn't take it, but I don't think there was. And yeah, I, I mean, I, I remember even asking my professors if any of them owned a business. Yeah, none of them. No, oh, my my accounting professor said occasionally he would lay tile on the side every once in a while, but <laughs> that was the closest to anybody. And I, I don't know. I just, you know, like I said, I was just like, okay, cool. I mean, like maybe yeah. now there is, but back, back maybe, when we were yeah. in school, we definitely was Definitely there. not. And I mean, yeah, you, you know, you have former CEOs and account managers and stuff like that probably teaching you up and, and, and that's great. And there's a place and time for that. But, you know, <clears throat> to start a business, you really have to have that <clears throat> gumption and, and drive and, and passion. Sure. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I don't claim to have any of those, <laughs> but, you know, um, you know, it, you know, I talk about cliches all the time and one of those cliches, if you want something bad enough, you'll get it. Yeah. Right. And so I guess along with all that reinforcement, a lot of luck, you know, that kind of got me to where I am today. Um, but you know, there's all the 
you know, all these other, you know, outside factors too, <clears throat> you know, you know, had, had I, had I found a, just a regular marketing job, you know, right out of college, would I be doing this? Probably not. You know, it took years up to a decade in the food and bev industry to, uh, to kind of grow into, into, into where I am today, really. Um, Isn't that so interesting though? I, I think about that also. Yeah. If I would have gotten a job, some like, if we graduated at a different time mm -hmm. and like, I just got a corporate job or a finance job or yeah. something like, I, it just, it just fascinates me. Like, uh, I don't know, like maybe I wouldn't have a podcast. Maybe I wouldn't own a traditional company. Maybe, I don't know. It just, it's just interesting how paths it is, happen. Yeah, paths for sure. Like it's, it's definitely, and how those branch off and splinter this way it does. to lead you to where you are today. But, um, but yeah. So, so 10 years in the making, mm -hmm. you're in the food business, you know, you start with a business plan, an mm -hmm. idea, right? Yeah. Back in uh, March of 2015, okay. uh, I said, I'm going to do this, okay. get this rolling. Uh, the first brewery that I was trying to open was called Prevalent Pine. Okay. Um, it was an ode to North Carolina, the original house bill that adopted the pine tree as North Carolina state tree. One of the first lines that, that reads off is, uh, whereas the pine is prevalent in all seven forms, um, yada, 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 yada. And so took the pine and prevalent and okay. kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. switched it and said prevalent pine. I, at that time, wanted a very <clears throat> North Carolina focused brewery using only North Carolina ingredients, you know, sourcing North Carolina. Sure everything and uh and I, I still think we kind of have that spirit today more of like a try to source locally whether that's ingredients or um working with other businesses you know up and down the street or within charlotte yeah. and stuff like that um but game you know that's getting ahead of ourselves so you know had the business plan prevalent pine back in march 2015 okay. tried to get the investors going couldn't get investors. Uh, also, I really didn't know what I was getting into, so really kind of chalk it up as a learning lesson, I'd say. Which happens. Um, yeah, I which mean, happens and know, is necessary 100%. 100%. Um, so, you know, that basically got pushed to the side, uh, got married, uh, bought a house, had our first child. Um, you know, that obviously took precedent. Um, but then, you know, life started smoothing out and, uh, you know, we started thinking, you know, what do we really want to do, uh, my wife and I, and uh, we started looking at, you know, real estate up in the mountains. Uh, I was in the talks with a realtor up in Lake Lure uh, about maybe opening a little bottle shop, bottle and sandwich shop up there. Uh -huh. And I was like, well, maybe this is what I want to do. Still be kind of within the beer industry itself. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. I know about buying beer, um, you know, maybe maybe that's what we're going to do. So probably a week after or so those kind of conversations, my real estate agent that I've been working with down here calls me up, um, told me, who had bought this building um, after BB&T closed down. This is an old BB&T, by the way. Okay. Um, I had looked at some of uh, that landlord's properties in other parts of the city on our first go around, and I live about half a mile away. And I said, 
you know, jokingly, very jokingly, of course, you know, if anyone's going to, you know, build a brewery in my neighborhood, it's got to be me. <laughs> um, so, you know, one thing, that. you know, you know, one thing kind of led to another uh -huh. and um, we got things rolling and <clears throat> signed the lease without one single investor saying, essentially, I actually had one, one of my other business partners, uh, Johnny Jones, uh, after, you know, multiple business meetings at 10 p.m. at Moosehead, you know, yeah. and a few uh, shots of Jameson and a few beers, uh, got him on board and, uh, you know, you know, the dominoes started to fall. And Love it. Was able to get the investors, get, you know, the right type of investors, because that's actually very important too, mm. from an uh, SBA loan standpoint. Um, there is such thing as someone having too much money, apparently. Um, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sometimes if you have too much money, you can't go in on a uh, uh, on certain SBA loans. They want to see wealth, which means assets and stuff like that, not just, um, not just cash. Wow. Um, because they say, if, well, if you have that much cash, why don't you just pay for it, you know, gotcha. out of pocket? Gotcha. So it was about trying to find a team, essentially, of, of investors that the SBA would find desirable to want to. What was that like? Was that difficult? Was, it was that very difficult? It came down to literally the 11th hour where the landlord and group basically said, if you don't find your investors by the end of this week, we got to move on. Yeah. Um, so it was either going to be vaulted oak or a Popeye's chicken. Believe it or not, so <laughs> I'm glad that we were it's able. It's a vaulted to, oak, yeah. Yeah, glad it's vaulted oak, and I, hopefully a lot of other folks are too. But um, yeah, but yeah, so you know that kind of get gets my button gear, and you know people that I didn't think about asking, you know, the first time around, or even you know during you know the initial offerings and stuff like that, uh -huh. I reached out to, just threw out as many you know lines as I possibly could, and. Uh, got one of our other uh, uh, partners, Chuck Kissler, involved, and um, he was a good fit. And it was funny, it actually went from three banks, three different lenders saying you don't have enough to three different lenders, the same lenders, putting in an offer to me and me being able to pick and choose nice. like my interest rate so I could kind of go back and forth and shop around. There you go. Um, so that was a great feeling. Really, uh, you know. And that was when? Like, what, when did that get finalized? How long ago did that get finalized? So that was probably late 2019, I'd say. Um, so right before COVID. Right before COVID. Uh, yeah, probably in the fall of 2019. Okay. Um, I think we signed the lease in September of 2019. All right. Um, so then you start remodeling. You start like, what? What, what happens? How so, does how does that process look? Because I mean, I'm sure this is the first time you've. Had a you know yeah. had people come oh, in yeah. and I mean I didn't know anything about GCs or anything like that and me so either. yeah yeah <laughs> signing the lease in in the fall of 2019 to when we technically broke ground July 7th of 2020 you know oh, there's a gap. large gap yeah um, where most of that was finalizing all the SBA paperwork and all that stuff and. Uh, and making, again, like getting the investors and stuff like that, um, getting the LLC put together, you know, crossing T's, dot and I's and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, the, 
they make getting an SBA loan hard for a reason, you know, um, because there's a lot of hoops to jump through. Um, but it is an effective program for sure, sure for someone like us that, you know, I, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of, and I still don't have very much wealth uh, behind my name or, sure. or my, my wife's name or anything like that. Um, that's why we had to go the investor route and the SBA route. Yeah. Um, Which is why those programs exist. Exactly. So yeah. people can mm -hmm. get a small business loan, mm -hmm. right? And make their dreams come true. Yeah, exactly. Um, I love that. Okay. So yeah. paperwork, you know, eight, 10 months, you're learning LLCs, you're yeah. figuring that out, you know, you're, you know, starting to think about how to, you know, yeah. what it's going to look like, how yeah. we're going to turn this bank into a brewery. Yeah, know? exactly. Um, so yeah, again, you know, everything, you know, from the architects, uh, picking out a GC and all that stuff. What, what did you but, learn from all that? Like that whole experience, picking out a GC, the construction process, are anything you can, any suggestions, tips to anybody that is buying a building that needs renovation that maybe, you know, was yeah. not previously what it was intended for? You know, specifically off the top of my head, you know, the great and the good architects, they cost a, eye-opening amount of money, but for a good reason. Yeah. Um, if you go with sometimes the less expensive route, there are hidden, not hidden, they're not hidden, but you know, we went with an architect that she is a great architect, and but that's all she does. There are other architect firms out there that have in-house civil, um, you know, mechanical plumbing engineers in their umbrella. All in one kind of. And that's why it costs so much, uh, you know, interior design as well. Um, Interesting. I didn't know that. If you go the route I did, you know, your architectural fee will be less, but then at the same time, you're going to be paying, you know, separately for a mechanical engineer, civil engineer, all these other engineers, all these other fees, um, and they add up. And uh, I didn't think about that. Actually. Yeah. And, 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 you know, that's something, it's, it's just a hard lesson that, you know, when you're doing something like this, you're sure. going to learn, you know, if we do a second thing or, Location, you know, we do business, something else, whatever. Yep. Yeah. you know, learn that lesson <laughs> yeah. the hard way. So, um, so yeah, yeah it, it, a good architect is money well spent. Same thing with the GC for sure. Um, someone reputable, you know, I'd always heard pick a GC that's done breweries before. Um, and cause there's a reason to that. Yeah. Um, it's still, you know, breweries are still a relatively a new industry to other industries. That, that makes sense. Um, so, you know, a lot of GCs will look at it as a restaurant um, when it's not. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it is a bar, but it's also industrial. Um, there's a lot of different games being played within that makes one sense. location. So, um, you know, for, from brewery specific, you know, that it's important to have experience behind you. Um, so. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. So you break ground right in the middle of COVID, July, anything you learned there or anything, any setbacks, you know, material costs. I mean, like, was that all yeah. in the middle of this? It, the co material costs were not as big of an issue for us, but the, uh, you know, the lead times for everything definitely were extended. Uh, extended. Um, you know, so for instance, all that shiny metal stainless steel back there, typically our will take four to six months anyway. Yeah. Um, just from, 
having to come overseas, then getting manufactured uh, in, in, in the United States and then shipped to you and yeah. then putting it in, um, you know, it just, it takes a really long time. Yeah. Factor in a global pandemic and, you know, material so costs yeah. along with, uh, you know, labor shortages and stuff like that. It, now it, it's like eight, 10, 12 exactly, months yeah. instead of four to six months. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it, it, those were definitely lessons learned on top of it. But at the same time, it's just, you know, just put it onto the pile. Yeah. Other, you know, just more things learned, but. Um, nice, okay. So then uh, you guys open up, what, June of 2021? You just June, opened up? Yeah, open up June 8th of 2021. Cool. Looks like I'm getting a delivery. Nice. So, um, so what, um, it's all good. What, um, so what did you learn from that? Like the overwhelming and, and humbling were a lot of the phrases that I'd used a lot of times. Okay. Um, and it was definitely that. Um, I didn't, we didn't expect the amount of support, you know, it's, it's the middle of summer and still a pandemic. Yeah. We didn't expect that level of support. And uh, again, it was super humbling, but definitely overwhelming. And at that point, you know, it's, it's all, it all kind of come back, comes back to you as far as, uh, you know, you know, working at a, at a bar or restaurant, stuff like that. All the yeah. small things like, well, you gotta make sure you have enough change. You gotta make sure you have this. You gotta have that. All the make random sure all the credit stuff card that, stuff works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I have enough, you know, toilet paper. You know yeah. I mean? So. We can um, help you with that one. So, but. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of the details that you have to figure out, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Kyle, what are you most looking forward to as far as vaulted oak, uh, the business, the brewery, um, the community you want to build? I don't know. Any, mm -hmm. any thoughts into, you know, where you would like to see this moving towards the direction? I don't know. Any, yeah. any, any thoughts on that? A hundred percent. Yeah. Because, you know, community was always a pillar of our business model, you know, whether it was with Prevalent Pine, five six years ago at this point, or when we opened this place, um, we wanted to be more than just a place to get a beer. More than just, you know, just, a, a, you know, like I said, a bar or something like that. Um, you know, I kind of have always said that this is, I want this place to be like a community gathering space. We serve so many different neighborhoods, whether it's Echo Hills, whether it's Elizabeth, whether it's Greer Heights, whether it's Oakhurst, or Cotswold, you know, there is a huge swing of demographics yeah. um, from all those different uh, neighborhoods. And um, we knew that kind of going into it. Yep. So, you know, and I also say we're not reinventing the wheel. We're not the first ones to be doing this, but, you know, bringing in different events, whether it's trivia or live musicians, a lot of them live around, you know, here in one of these neighborhoods. Yeah. Uh, they've reached out to us and say, hey, I live around the corner, love to be a part of, uh, you know, some live music or something like that. Yeah. Um, working with the small businesses on this corridor right here on Monroe Road, you know, Monroe Road has a lot of small businesses. It does, actually. Here, and um, and that's great. You know, like Sal's Pizza, right across the street, some of the greatest pizza in Charlotte, you know. Um, they'll deliver right to your table, you know. We've here? Kinda, yeah, like... We have a little table tent system. We have plenty of their menus. You call it in. They ask, "What's your table tent?" And you tell them, 
it's usually like red rhombus or no like round rectangle, but yeah, I'm I like that right over here. So yeah, it, it's, it helps them, helps us. We yeah. don't have a kitchen here. Yeah. Um, sweet spot studios right down the road, the little, um, like two or three woman operation. Uh-huh. They're killing it. They do like different cooking classes and stuff like that. They're booked out till, you know, October essentially nice. trying to get them on the books. Um, just trying to work with collaborate, collaborate a lot with the you know the small businesses. Well, you know when we were in the middle of construction, um, our sign, which was you know the old BB and T sign, well, we had RP signs right down the street. They fabricated that sign for us. Um, uh, light bulbs plus came with all the you know light bulbs that you see here. Yeah. Um, you know, common market obviously down the, the road. Uh, great place to get a beer after a long days uh, of, of work and, and planning. Um, just really trying to work with a lot of local businesses here. Like, you I know, love Reed's that. right here, Kirkland AC. Like, we have great neighbors. Everyone's so neighborly on the street. And why not utilize that? Yeah. So, you know, I say all that just because as far as looking forward to what we want to do, you know, we want to help kind of, you know, grow, I guess grow is the right word, but, you know, just kind of help everyone on this East Charlotte side or in this neighborhood of, of, of Oakhurst and Echo Hills, Yeah, you know, succeed, I guess. Yeah, you know, that's awesome. So if we can be a part of that, then I think, you know, comes full circle. So. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Cool. Um, let's do maybe some parting thoughts. Let's do yeah. last thoughts on suggestions to anybody that wants to be either an entrepreneur where they help a business owner, entrepreneur within an, or an, uh, an organization already, whether it's an entrepreneur, solopreneur, yeah. what are some tips now that you got, I mean, you got almost two years under your belt, right? Next month, September Something, will be two yeah. years since you signed the lease. Yeah. So, you know, what are your thoughts on that? On finding the right team, hiring, uh, finding out good collaborations within the streets, yeah. um, vendors that are gonna supply, I mean, what, what yeah. are some things tips, suggestions to anybody that wants to start a dry cleaners, a landscape Man. company, um, a roofing company, you know, doesn't matter. You know, once yeah. you start selling brownies, baked from their home, direct to consumer online through a website, what, yeah. what, are, what are some thoughts? Uh, first thoughts, never burn bridges. Mm. Uh, Cause you never know when someone you know, you're gonna need someone's relationship yep. or someone else's that they know's relationship. Sure. You never wanna burn bridges. Yep. Um, fail, fail often. So you learn fail. from your failures. And, and fail is not a bad thing. No, it's a great you know, thing. I think, you know, I, you know, I wanna say I read in a book a long time ago that the opposite of success is not failing. Right. It's quitting. That's, yeah. Because you will fail mm -hmm. many times, yeah, like, yeah. you know, and it's, and it's as long as it's not disastrous and puts you out, you will have many, many roadblocks, bumps. Mm -hmm. Man, that didn't work. We wasted money on that event. Yeah, you know that marketing company. You know, whatever. You know, so yeah. um, I love that. I love yeah. that. Fail, fail often. Learn from your failures, and don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, um, that was one thing too that really drew you know drew me to the local craft brewing community is it always seemed like it's a very fierce, not fierce, but you know, there's, there are a lot of competitors yeah. within this market, but I don't think any of us consider each other competitors. Mm. Um, you know, the rising tide 
you know, raises all ships sure. kind of thing, I think. And, um, you know, there's always someone that's gone similarly, similarly what you've been through, yeah. you know, you know, that's done it right before you. And there's going to be someone right after you and, you know, pay it forward. You're got, you got to pay it forward. Cause you know, you know, without luck and, you know, hard work, but also the help of others, you know, within this industry, you know, we definitely wouldn't have been here. So, um, so I love that. probably be my, I could probably go on. And sure. Think I mean, yeah, there's, there's endless lessons, you know, success principles again, that we can name off. And cliches are, are, they're there for a reason. They really are. So I hate saying that, but no, it's true, it man. Is, yeah. It's true. I, um, I love that, you know, uh, you're definitely humble, but you know, this doesn't come about without somebody spearheading it. I mean, and so congratulations to you, Kyle and the team, you know, uh, your partners, the staff, everybody. Uh, if you have not been here to vaulted Oak, man, you gotta come. Um, awesome place. You know, we, you know, took a little tour earlier, checked it out. Uh, love the building, love the concept, love the feel, uh, love the people, you know, now getting to know Kyle. And so, uh, stop by, check them out. You know, they can find you guys where on, on what social platforms do you guys have? Facebook, uh, just look at, uh, Vaulted Oak Brewing. Okay. Uh, Instagram's probably one of our most active platforms. Cool. Uh, website is coming. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you know, just another thing to, Add to my checklist uh, or finalized, but vaultedoakbrewing.com will be the website. Um, and our address is 3726 Monroe Road. Perfect. Stop by and see these guys. Good to see you. Episode 14 in the books of season two of the Paper Trails podcast. Uh, share, like, subscribe, and do everything. You guys know what to do. Appreciate you guys stopping by, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. The restaurants you love, the food you crave, and the people that make it all happen. We tell their stories on the Paper Trails Podcast with Albemarle Paper Supply.